Floman again with my brother Keith Floman and our buddy Larry Waldman. We're continuing our tournament to determine the greatest rock song from 2000 to 2019 with the stipulation that no artists are included that were in our prior album tournament from the same period. We're continuing the first round, this time for bracket number two, and the song we just played in the intro was Just Because by Jane's Addiction. The song I nominated that didn't get enough support from Keith and Larry to make the tournament, though I think Keith may have backed me up on it. I'm not sure. I think so, right, Keith? You, uh... What was that? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. clearly you couldn't have backed it that much since you weren't even paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I backed it. I... Did you back up James Addiction when, when I nominated it? Yeah, it was one of my, it was one of my ten. Yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, anyway, uh, it's a kick-ass uh, hard rocking tune and, and a very underrated song, in my opinion. Uh, I'll pretty. Much I agree. Put... Definitely, definitely brings you back to the '90s. Yeah, yeah, and I'll put it up with you know most of their best songs from that era. So uh, great tune, but did it make it? So we're gonna get on to the tunes that did make it. Uh, so our first matchup is the number two seed car seat headrest with drunk drivers killer wells from 2016. A fairly recent entry versus the number 34 seed system of a down with chop suey from 2001. Please listen to him. It's not too late. Turn off the engine. Get out of the car and start to walk. Drunk drivers. Drunk drivers. Drunk drivers. Doesn't have to be like this, kill the whale, 
again, Drunk Drivers Killer Wells is going up against Chop Suey. Headrest Drunk Drivers Killer Wells is the indie rock song of the past five years. And fittingly, the band is on the legendary indie label Matador. It's produced by the renowned alternative rock producer Steve Fisk. It's kind of emo. Will Toledo, the main guy in the band, doesn't have a great voice. It sounds like he's battling a cold at times. But like, say, Jeff Mangum from Neutral Milk Hotel, his vocals are highly effective in conveying emotions. The lyrics are great and are very quote-worthy throughout. The song is both lo-fi and epic. The song is over six minutes long, and it's definitely an anthem. The chorus is great and all but begs you to sing along with it. It's just a great emotionally affecting rock song that's quickly become one of my all-time favorites. And given that this is the number two overall seed in the whole tournament with a 91 rating on Best Ever Albums, I guess a lot of people feel similarly. You already talked about System of a Down and Chop Suey in the playing round where it beats Soundgarden unanimously. It's a classic, iconic hard rock song that rocks really hard and is a bit crazy at times. But to me, the best parts are the slower, more atmospheric and dramatic vocal parts. Again, as mentioned previously, the vocals on this song are fantastic. And the Why Have You Forsaken Me section, which you played in the prior episode in particular, gets to me. It's just so emotional. Tough call here. Two great, highly emotional songs, but to me, the Car Seat Headrest song has an epic anthemic quality that pushes it over the top for me in this matchup. Sorry, but I have forsaken System of a Down and their great song, Chop Suey, here. Car Seat Headrest and Drunk Drivers Killer Whales moves on to me. On to you guys. I'm pretty sure that at least one of you guys is going to agree with me here. I I almost feel like maybe we shouldn't now just to see what happens, but... uh... This was actually a song I intentionally did not put on my list because I knew at least one of you and I figured both of you would put it on the list. So, you know, you got to play a little strategically sometimes and, and save some of your picks when you're talking about drunk drivers. Yeah, sorry, about drunk drivers. Um, and uh, I, I do remember when this album came out, a lot of buzz around it, especially because of the previous album, Teens of Style. And 
I, I think I intentionally waited to listen to it because, you know, when, when something comes out that's kind of really hyped, you almost don't want to jump into it and then potentially be disappointed. So I remember getting it. I don't remember how I got it. At this point, probably we were streaming, but if not, I might have asked one of my friends to download it for me off of whatever um, and kind of waiting for, for probably a month or two before I actually listened to it and then really being blown away by the, like, like Scott said, it's, it's a really emblemic indie record of the time. And, and I, to me, at, when it came out, it was something I, I listened to pretty consistently all the time. Um, Chop Suey, System of a Down, great song. Talked about it a lot last time. I actually feel like it's uh, it's having a little bit of revival or, or at least a critical reappraisal, um, given that it's now 20 years old and given some of the stuff that was going on around when it came out. And yes, also very anthemic, like Drunk Drivers, Killer Whales. But I'm going to go chalk this time. Got to go with the number two seed. Drunk Drivers has got to move on for me. Which, of course, you know, makes Keith's pick not really all that <laughs> interesting. But we'll yeah, see. We were talking before, right? That, that I don't need to pick beforehand because I don't need to make half the picks. I think yeah. he's going to make it unanimous anyway if, if, if pressed, right? If, if pressed, um, yeah, if it, came, if it came down to me, if one of you guys went chop suey, the deciding vote would have gone for Killer Wells. Um, I do think it is, to Scott's point, you know, one of the indie, right? It's an, it's a rock song. <laughs> it's a rock song. It's a recent rock song. And there aren't that many of them even to choose from. Um, but it, it, it's a, it is a classic from, like, it's there's an immediacy when you hear it. I mean, obviously, Chop Suey kicks you in the face the first time you hear it, too. Um, and you're like, what the hell was that? <laughs> um Drunk drivers in a slightly different way, and that just it's you know just the kick-ass indie rock anthem um, that's you know rocking it sing along, um, and it's sort of like you know it's sort of, it's weird you know drunk drivers killer whales with the <laughs> that where did that come from? <laughs> there's a there's a part in the uh, the lyrics in the song. Um, forget what happened in the morning there are notes in your handwriting but you can't make it out i think that's how they came up with the lyrics killer well <laughs> they, they just woke up one day to like scribble notes from the night before and he's like i don't know what that says fuck it killer well <laughs> killer wells. Kill wells it's, it it's probably killing fails or something and he's just like ah killer well sounds could fit here too because Kind of, like, um, kind of like how they how they manipulated the name of Chop Suey, right? You know, they they had they had to change it up, so it's probably the same thing, right? Um, and Car Seat's probably you know the more in, like they're a good band, like they're a really good band. Like they have other they have other songs that we could have picked. For, I mean, Drunk Drivers is their sort of anthem, but they have other songs that that could have been um, picked. Picked if car if drunk drivers never existed, we could have picked something soon for me as one of the um, as like a classic, also. Um, so yeah, I'm good with uh, Carsey. Um, rankings be damned, it, you know, it's just it, it's it's an awesome song. Killer Wells, man. Killer okay. Wells. All right, so it's unanimous. And uh, can we all agree that Will Toledo is a very cool name? It's, it feels like it's a made up name, right? <laughs> 
like max power, you know? Yeah, it sounds very rock and roll to me. Uh, yeah. One final note, my, my friend Tom used to have Chop Suey as his phone ringtone. And uh, <laughs> so for some reason, I've always remembered that. And believe me, there was no doubt whose phone was ringing <laughs> whenever it came on. So uh, definitely a good call there. Um, I used to have, I used to have fucking hostile on my answering machine. Hmm. With how, about the, uh, how about that? Pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> we'll have to think of creative uh, other songs to put in our answering machine or ringtone now. That's a good one. On to the second matchup here. And this is a very interesting one. We have the number 15 seed, Julian Casablancas and the Boyds, later renamed simply The Boyds, and their epic 11-minute song, Human Sadness, from 2014, versus the number 18 seed, Future Islands, with Seasons, also from 2014. So we've got the Battle of 2014 here. Sadness is going up against seasons.
those who don't know, Julian Casablancas is the lead singer in The Strokes and The Voids are his other band. But Human Sadness is nothing like any Strokes song, so I had no problem including it here. John Blistine in Rolling Stone called the sprawling Human Sadness a structuralist beast that features everything from jarring noise and warped process vocals to bombastic stadium rock solos and a hint of the gritty NYC punk Casablancas is best known for. I'm often critical of Rolling Stone, but I like that description. And I'd also single out the song's lush synths and Julian's fantastic falsettos, plus multiple cell guitar solos and many other surprises along the way. This is one of those songs where if you read about it or check out the comments on YouTube, you'll see that it has a hardcore following of fans who absolutely love it. It's definitely not a commercial song like the best stroke song. Of course, it's not at almost 11 minutes long, but it does have addictive qualities to it, and it's a very emotional listen overall. On to Future Islands. Of course, the first thing I have to mention is that the band's performance of this song on Letterman, in particular, lead singer Sam Herring's histrionics is an all-timer. It's both unintentionally hilarious and legitimately awesome. So go check out that performance ad immediately if you haven't seen it yet. It's one of the best videos on YouTube. You'll also if, hear- if you take away if you take away anything from this episode, it's it is that. Yeah, yep. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you'll often hear about how a performer really went for it during a performance, but nobody has ever really went for it more than Sam Herring on Letterman. There's the reptilian dance moves, which have to be seen to be believed. Then there's the epic fist pumps and chest thumps, and of course the out of nowhere death metal vocals. Man, I just love that performance so much. Herring will always be a legend to me for it. And Letterman loved it as well. Yeah, I was just going to say, as as did Letterman. Letterman, I've never seen him give a more enthusiastic close to a performance than he does for Future Islands. Absolutely. Genuinely, extremely excited. Instant Instant legend, for sure. Absolutely. And one of those viral videos that people still talk about. Um, and it's funny because not everyone loves it, right? Like most people do, but some people just, it's so out there that some people don't even know what to make. You know? I don't see how anybody could not like it because it, it, there's an authenticity to it that's not, yeah. right? There's just no way you can't like it. You're not, you're not a good person if you don't, yeah, if, if you, you don't like it, you don't like, it. you don't like safe and sound either. It's those same people probably. Probably. So see, this is both a catchy synth pop song and a blue-eyed soul song. So needless to say, it's right in Larry's wheelhouse. I think the studio version is really good, if not quite as great as the live version. Herring has a really good voice. It's smooth and soulful, and it's just a really good pop rock song all around. Even if the studio version is a bit slicker and lacking in the excitement department compared to some of the other songs in this tournament, it does have those periodic surges, though. So that's a minor criticism. But I'm going with human sadness here. It's just so much more ambitious. The high points to me soar much higher. There's nothing else quite like it that I can think of. And I love it that the best song of Casablanca's side project may be better than any of the major classics his main band has put out. I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say about this one. So I have to confess, I had not heard the voids. I had heard of them, but I hadn't listened to them until Scott sent them to me. And I was very, very impressed for having never heard it before, being sort of like ambiently aware that 
Casablanca's had another band, but never really hearing it. I kind of, when, when Scott sent it to me, I kind of expected to hear, you know, something very similar to the Strokes. And that's not what I got. And this is a pretty epic song. I mean, what is it? It's 11 minutes long. That's that's like a third the length of Is This It, pretty much, right? I mean, Is This It is only like 33, 35 minutes. So it was very a very different experience. And uh, I I need to spend a little more time with this album because although I do I did really like it the first time I heard it, it also is one of those albums that warrants a lot of repeated listens because it's it's very layered. It's much more in depth. And and this is no shade on anything you know, that the Strokes have done initially or even since, but the Strokes are a different kind of band than, than what he's trying to accomplish in The Voids, I think. I think The Voids, he's, I don't know what exactly he's trying to do, but it's much more experimental to me. Um, it just feels different. Having said that, and I know I'm biased by the live performances, but I got to put seasons ahead, if nothing else, than just because I need our, you know, devoted tens of thousands, tens of tens listeners to go check it out, check out the video, even any of the live performances. Like if you see it at Glastonbury, I think he did another epic one on like Jules Holland. It's a really, like Keith said, you're just not, you know, you got something wrong if you don't find some sort of joy in watching these guys perform like they did. And it's also a really good synth pop rock song. So I'm going to go with seasons. And also, you know, I, I always feel bad when we leave Keith to be like, yeah, okay, fine. And this is a synth pop song, so you have to pick it. I got to pick it. Yeah. Plus, we just love talking. We, we, there's no wrong picking future honors because then we could just talk about them more in a future episode. And, yeah, exactly. And we, and we love talking about them. So. And we do, we do love talking about them. But this was, but this was tough. Like, the, my, the, um, the previous matchup was not not super close for me. This was a tough one. These, you know, I've I've had to I had to think about this one. So, yeah, so it, it is a nice find for you, though, right? Human very sadness. very much so. Yeah. I also was not was new to human sadness, and you know, leave it. You know, I, I get it, Scott. Longer is better. It's like <laughs> longer equals epic equals. Yeah. Scott's so so the the background there is like you know we all created like thirty two song playlists and mine was like twice as long as that because you know? <laughs> I had all these like ten minute songs. Well, and what was even more amazing about that is that normally Scott's lists are longer than Keith's and mine because well he'll say like put together like your top ten and we do and then he, he sends his list which is like twenty seven. <laughs> <laughs> but in this, this case he stuck to the number yeah. it's just that all the songs were epic yeah and human sadness is one of those songs. so i was listening to it and it's sort of you know it, it, it's one of those songs that sits in the background for a while right and it's on and you're doing your stuff and then at some point you like you catch yourself you're like wait a minute <laughs> I think I got to listen to this again. <laughs> I got to listen to this again. Um, so I probably listened to it like 10 times. <laughs> and that's 11 minutes. That's a commitment. 10 times. So <laughs> fuck you, Scott. Thank you for, for taking like <laughs> two hours of my life um, to, to really process, you know, what, what you're absorbing there. Um, there's like, it's, it's, it's definitely prog, right? I mean, it's it it's prog, it's prog metal at times. Kind of like television-like uh, at times, right? 
Yeah, I, I was trying to put my finger on her. Who, who would like? I, I still haven't figured out exactly no, where it's coming from. That's why it, it needs, needs more listens. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's but definitely that's... there's definitely a metalness to it, particularly like you know when the guitar when the guitar comes in. Um, and there's you know, other guitar bit... solos later on, which right. maybe we'll get to in a future episode, depending on how uh, depending the on how play that. I, I would have I would have thought that you would have gone with you know with that in your in your clip so um maybe maybe we'll see maybe you should have um <laughs> but um but it is a great it is a you know again it's a different song for this generation right it's it's um it is epic it's long it's a bit of a mess right it's like different like it's different songs thrown together um, I am almost. Uh, Larry will get a kick out of this. It, it, I, I, I think of um, like "Sign of the Times" popped into my head a few times as I was Harry, listening Harry to it. Style. <laughs> That's right. I, um, I actually love that song. We got to be honest. That's a great song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, uh, you know, but, again, the, the hipster cred points I think uh, kept it out. Yeah, that's right. A, that's a, I, a pretty, I, a pretty I, epic song too, though. Yeah. It's, yeah. Exactly, but that's sort of like you know, the vibe that you get and like how this song sort of, you know, has its ebbs and flows and yeah. it, it had, you know, the peaks are really high, you know, but it's got its troughs, to, you know, it's got its, like the first five minutes are almost like the, you know, the, like the prelude to this, to the song in, in a way. Um, seasons. Yeah. And I, and I, I created a playlist for this, just for this bracket. And you know you have, you have um, human sadness ends, and then, dun, dun. <laughs> right, you get that, <laughs> and you know you get that immediate flip where, you know, human sadness is sort of sad, right? It's a sad song, um, and you know you're immediately transported when you hear seasons into a completely different you know, vibe and different realm. And yes, it is completely impossible to separate the song from the live performance. Like it's, there's, it's just impossible, right? You can't, you can't, I can't hear the actual song without hearing the death metal growls, right? right. Which are in the, in the live version that yeah, aren't. They're not, they're not in the studio version. That aren't the studio version, but, but whenever you sing, but when you sing you, it, you add them in your head, right? You add them, you add them, and you and I'm singing, and that's how I'm singing it. <laughs> so um, there is a, you know, it, it, it's maybe it may be unfair because that's there's no live, there's no actual live version of Human Sadness that equates to that. I um, mean, I looked, like you know, there's not even an official anything you see on Human Sadness is from a somebody's phone <laughs> so you don't get the same video experience live video experience um so in, in the end there's just something about seasons that is um just you know start to finish it's just like it, it's such a, a it's such a great overall song and there are just dimensions to it that include you know <laughs> that includes the video. It, it, it does include the video. It includes the live performance. I can't believe he was 30 years old 
for that performance. <laughs> he seems like, you know, an old soul uh, performing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he seems, he, it, it, part, of the, part of the appeal of the video is that if you don't know that, you think like, this is a band that's been around for like 30 years and they're finally getting a break on Letterman exactly. and they're going for it. And no, he was only 30, not 50. <laughs> <laughs> and i like that the uh, album the album is called singles right like a singles yeah. collection so they were expecting some big singles from it and this was the biggest single and uh, it is a great yeah song. i can't I, I can't imagine they expected what they got from that song yeah. um you know i guess it's still singular for them they they have song. They can, they have an album out now, I think, and you know I hear them on yeah. Sirius, um, and you know I, I still hear I still have visuals, and then I hear the the death metal. So um, almost almost ninety million plays on Spotify. They they're working, and again, it's the, the for for a you know an indie you know relatively obscure band, right? Um, that had this shining, um, you know, a song that that captured, I think it was Pitchfork's song of the year for 2014, which, you know, take it for its worth, but that's that's pretty yeah, big. There you go. A, so this is the battle of 2014. So yeah. fittingly. But not only that, right? It's like you had that and then you had like a go for it performance that, you know, just hit it out of the park and that combo gets you gets you your plays on spotify in fairness i'm 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 not sure human sadness was on as many people's radar to be eligible for song of the year uh, at that time but yeah so uh, not surprised i expected seasons to move on i hope you guys uh enjoyed human sadness and we'll continue to check it out this time goes by so uh Anyway, uh, good finds, good finds, Scott. Yeah, so on to the next matchup. We have the number seven seed M83 with Midnight City from 2011 versus the number 26 seed Midlake with Roscoe from 2006. Midnight City, and uh, that's going up against uh, Roscoe.
Midnight City is one of those ubiquitous songs that just has to be in this tournament. The album from which it originated, Hurry Up, We're Dreaming, had other great and popular songs as well, such as Wait and Outro. Midnight City is dreamy and lush and groovy as all get out, and it has those memorably hooky synths and vocals. It's often mellow, but picks up the pace at times as well. And towards the end, it climaxes with a great sax solo, which, of course, we played in the clip you just heard. The performance of this song on Fallon is definitely worth a look on YouTube for the sax solo in particular. As one of the YouTube comments says, and like a boss at 336, in comes the sax man to drive it home. Love that description. As for Midlake, they're another one of those indie folk bands we've talked about previously, like Boney Iver and Arn and Wine. Roscoe is their signature song and it has a great groove with moody piano and rumbling bass at its core. The vocals, which are at times sung in harmony or multi-track, are haunting if rather even keeled. Maybe it's just me, but they remind me a bit of Mark Kozilek. The song has evocative storyteller lyrics and it has a certain intensity throughout. Though I would say it doesn't really have notable peaks per se, but stays at the same admittedly high level throughout. The song has a pastoral backwoodsy feel, and it reminds me of Dylan or maybe Bruce with its breathless rush of words. Hey, can I can I throw in a song comparison that just uh, popped into my head? Yeah. Don't fear the Reaper, the oyster cult. Mm. Mm. I could hear it with the, the kind of both similarly moody. Yeah. Obviously, the Blue Oyster Cult is more rocking, you know, with the guitar song and everything. But yeah, that's I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, I that agree. Is- no, that is a good call. Although, of course, you know, Roscoe does not have a lot of cowbell. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We'll have to add some more cowbell. Maybe there's a it's lot better, better. And it probably, <laughs> it probably would have, it probably would have fit. In, <laughs> totally. totally fits. Totally fits. Any any song is improved by more cowbell. <laughs> Everyone knows that. <laughs> Cowbells and horns, baby. Yeah. <laughs> So these are two great songs, but Midnight City stands out more. It has a wonderful overall atmosphere. It grooves and it has those easily graspable hooks. And then there's the sax man driving it home. So I had not heard Roscoe or of Midlake until, I don't know if you guys remember, we did our, this is before we were podcasting together, but we did a uh, quarantine playlist where for 30 days, each day we had a theme, someone made it up, I don't know who it was. And uh, we each had to submit a song and, you know, true to form, I would submit a song, Keith would submit a song, Scott would submit seven songs. Um, (laughs) 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 So we we have a really good playlist, I called the quarantine playlist, Uh, but this is one of them. And this is one that I had never heard before, the uh, Roscoe, and and it is a great song. It's definitely right up my alley. You know, I don't know if, I don't know how many of the guys in Midlake have beards, but they definitely should. You know, it's that that Fleet Foxes, Bony Bear, Iron and Wine, indie, sort of ethereal, misty, you know, type of of uh, indie rock that was really popular in like the, the mid two uh, thousands, and and for some, you know, continued on through the two thousand tens. And harking back to the eighteen hundreds, I mean, how yes, perfect is that, right? Yeah, yeah, which totally fits because they they look like they could, you know, yeah, or I'm like, they look this, like they could have come from the eighteen hundreds. The album cover from the from which this song comes from kind of looks like this song uh, sounds. 
you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I'm, I'm going to have to agree with Scott. Uh, Midnight City is a, a phenomenal song. I think it's one, you know, it, it, to me, it's, it's an all time electronic synth pop song. Puts you in a certain mood every time you listen to it. It is probably even a little more complex than I think some people might give it credit for. You know, it's got um, it's got different highs and lows. It, it takes you through a, a journey, um, a very positive one. It probably is a little too ubiquitous in that it's been used a lot in um, a lot of like sporting events and TV shows and things like that. But hey, anytime you know indie rock or or alternative rock is used in a popular setting that's better for all of us music nerds anyway. So I'm going to, I'm going to agree with Scott and put midnight city forward. There you go. Now Roscoe is, was my submission into the uh, quarantine playlist. It was my submission into this tournament. Um, and, you know, I love it. It's just a great, it's got a great overall vibe right it, it does transport you um it transport again it's one of those songs that transports you to a different place but also a different time right and you actually <laughs> you know it, it, there's just you know it's like a painting that um you know just it there's more to it than just listening to a song because it's a, it's a journey it takes you on when you're when you're listening to it um so I love it. People hopefully can get a sense from just a clip that it's worth, you know, exploring. Um, but I agree. That said, Midnight City is an all-timer. Um, uh, I agree with Scott. Watch the Fallon. Watch any live. Watch any live performance of Midnight City. Um, but Fallon is a great place to start. Um, and you just get a sense of the song kicks ass, right? It's it's a synth pop song, but it kicks ass too, right? You can you can definitely rock out to it, um, and the live performance you, you like they do. We'll, um, call, we'll call it a synth pop rock song. It's a synth pop rock synth anthem, pop. right? Synth pop rock anthem that just kicks ass, and I gotta say, right. Fucking horns, guys. Horns. Fucking horns. Well, technically, well, I, mean, it's I, I, I had to pick, I had to pick that clip for you. It's not a horn. Just, just to clarify. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, now we're really at music nerdy. Um, this uh, is another one where, where Midnight City was the number one song for Pitchfork in 2011. So Hard to argue with that. Maybe we are pieces of clay to be molded by Pitchfork. We don't even, <laughs> you know, as much as we... As much as we resist them, we are yeah we are victims to their powers. Um, David, this, this is not a pitchfork song. This went well beyond the grasp of pitchfork. This was it's uh, again it's this an is everybody's song. Yeah, it's an impossible song not to love. So again, if you don't like this song, you're an asshole. Um, and, I'll, <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll and I'll fight you if you tell me that you don't like. Yeah. We're not condoning violence. No, no, but we are condoning good taste in music. Exactly. It's for your own better. It's for your own better. Yeah. We're only trying to do it to make it for you. We're doing it for you guys. We love our audience. All right. So uh, I think we all knew that was going to be unanimous, but I think we all appreciate Keith's submission, Roscoe, here. It's a great song that's well worth checking out. So we're on to our fourth matchup. We have 
the number 10 feet postal service with such great heights from 2003 versus the number 23 seed slow dive with star roving from 2017 for recent entry. Such Great Heights is going up against Star Roving. I guess this is a side project bracket as the Postal Service is a side project of Death Cab for Cutie main man Ben Gibbard along with Dentel's Jimmy Tamborello. This is their only full-length studio album together so far, but the album is already something of a classic of its type. It's probably one of the best side project albums ever, and of course this is one of Larry's picks since it's synth pop all the way, albeit a glitchy sort of synth pop. The song has over 100 million plays on Spotify and was helped by its appearance in popular UPS commercials a while back. Uh, Actually, you say the only the album so far. This album came out 18 years ago. <laughs> hey, I'm holding out for a second album. You never yeah, know. Right, you never know. Magnum is going to come out. Actually, this song has been licensed a bunch of times over the years, even beyond that UPS commercial. Uh, this song was also notably covered by Iron and Wine for the movie Garden State, which was the movie that also helped further popularize the Shins, whose new slang almost made this tournament. 
acid and other songs from their main man, James Mercer, with the high road from yet another side project, in this case, Broken Bells with noted producer Danger Mouse. So I think you were going to mention that that cover when we talked about Iron and Wine, Larry. Uh, so sorry if I beat you with a punch there, right? You you were, you were kind of holding on to that one, right? I was. But hey, you know, Scott, were you going to... Were you, were you going to mention how it came that the postal service USPS ended up using this song? I don't know that, but I know it's called the postal service because they would mail back their contributions back and forth to each other before they would kind of finalize it. So, but what what is the story? <laughs> I, 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 won't, I won't say anything when it's my turn. Then you're stealing all my material, but that's all right. <laughs> the the U, United States Postal Service. <laughs> Serve them with a cease and desist order for using postal service in uh, their name. <laughs> that makes sense. Which is like so comical, right? Like postal service is trademarked by the U.S. Oh my god! I guess they yeah. they didn't cave. They kept it. So props to them, right? Well, they 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 sold out to the they sold they the sold song out. to the yeah to the yeah US that, was, that was that was in other in other. I, another tidbit that I found interesting about the, the uh, which you guys will get a kick out of for in, in terms of how, when um, when Gibbard met Tamborello, guess where they met? Post office. <laughs> they they met at a Flowbots concert. <laughs> really? That's yeah, fantastic. So everything comes full circle. Well, Bots is a song I I didn't allow Keith to use in our last episode. (laughs) 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 All right. So Such Great Heights is an extremely catchy and melodic song with hooky piano and synths and Gibbard's unerringly pleasant vocals leading the way. The song's propulsive electro beats make you want to tap your toes. Though I personally prefer the sound of real drums rather than electro drums. And the song even has a simple but effective guitar solo. So I guess that makes this enough of a rock song to warrant its inclusion in this tournament without any controversy. Like Safe and Sound, this is close to a perfect pop song. And we'll be talking more about Ben Gibbard in a future episode, even if Such Great Heights loses this matchup. On to Slow Dive. One of the most pleasant musical surprises for me in recent years has been the unexpected strong comebacks after long layoffs of most of the major shoegazer bands. We talked about the shoegazer subgenre at length in our prior uh, My Bloody Valentine discussions. Speaking of, My Bloody Valentine led the way when they returned at long last with MVB in 2013, which was finally added to Spotify recently. And other seminal shoegazer bands like Ride, Swerve Driver, Lush, and Slow Dive has since followed suit. I almost nominated Ride's epic guitar song, Cali, so definitely check that one out. Slow Dive's stellar self-titled album came out 22 years after the last Slow Dive album, but you certainly never know it by listening to it. The album's best song is Star Roving, a melodic, riff-driven groover. Man, what a guitar groove this song has. I love that glide guitar sound. As per usual with the genre, the vocals mostly function as another instrument. And the song flat out rocks, especially for slow dive, where usually among the mellow bands within the movement. Star Roving is a serious contender for the best slow dive song ever. 
So I'm glad it made this tournament, and I hope that everyone checks it out. I have Slow Dive winning this matchup. It's a great song and a style that appeals to me more, with all due respect to Such Great Heights, which is an absolute classic within its particular style. I expect Larry to go with Such Great Heights here, so I'm pretty sure this matchup is going to come down to Keith. Well, I have nothing to say about Such Great Heights since Scott said all the things that I was going to say. Um, it is a great pop song. It's a song that always puts a smile on my face. Uh, I love, as Scott will appreciate, I, you know, because it is very synth poppy. I do love the, the buildup as it starts. It does have a great vocal performance from Dibbert. It also does have some guitar, despite Scott's insistence that, well, maybe it kind of sort of is a rock song, you know, it's a rock song, right? Rock is a very uh, broad category. Now, having said that, I'm also a huge shoegaze fan and I love Slow Dive. I thought Suvlaki was phenomenal. I was, I was so surprised when they came out with the album in 2017. I, I actually wasn't really sure it was them. Like, I, I, I guess I just, you know, when a band hasn't come out with an album in like 20 years, it, it's a little strange when they do. And it was also so amazing. And my understanding is they're supposed to come out with another album either this year or or next, um, and, you know, or early next year. And, and I'm really looking forward to it because I do love my uh, my shoegaze. But to keep it interesting, to make sure that we go out with this podcast with a bang, whether I would vote for Slow Dive or not, I'm going to vote for Such Great Heights so that we leave it in the very capable hands of Keith Lemon. Before we go to Keith, just a shout out to Mojave 3, the band uh, in between the Slow Dive comebacks from the main guys. So uh, yeah, they're worth checking out as well. Um, a little bit more, uh, I guess, uh, folksy, uh, less, uh, you know, less shoegazery. <laughs> for lack of a better way to describe it, but uh, another good band. On to you, Keith. All right. So I've been compared to him in the past, and like Tom Brady, I live for these moments where it all rests on my shoulders. Um, um, Larry, have you ever <laughs> remembered anyone comparing Keith to Tom Brady? Not that I remember, but it's, it's very possible. It's happened many, many times. Um, anyway. I mean, I can't definitively say that nobody has ever compared <laughs> Keith to Tom Brady, but they have not in my presence. So, yeah. Anyway. He's the goat at deciding matchups. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely the goat at deciding matchups in this podcast. When Scott has picked one album and I picked the opposite album, there's nobody better at casting that deciding vote. I'm, unde I'm undefeated. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, those yeah. In those situations, yep, you are the goat for sure. Never, I've never lost. Um, so yeah, this is one of the two matchups that I expected would come to me and and stressed like about. Tom Brady, you were preparing your entire <laughs> life. I've been, I've been, I've been working overtime in the weight room with my, you, you know, with my. Um, with my peers, my, my co-stars. Um, yeah, this is a tough one. Uh, and I, 
I used my Flowbots material already, so I, I can't use that one again. I use the, the Postal Service. I can't use that again. Um, you know, I've been I've been with Postal Service since 2002, probably. Um, so you know, we go way back, me and Ben. Um, you know, Ben's different projects. Uh, also, you know, make it you know more familiar. Obviously, um, you know, it's been around almost 20 years and just, you know, this, the sound of um, um, Death Cab and, and Postal Service make, um, you know, again, add to the familiarity, but Such Great Heights is, you know, it is one of those songs that does a good job of representing, you know, for a lot of reasons, it does a good job of representing music in this in the millennium right it's like it's got lots right it's the sound is a synth pop sound which is more current right it's a collaboration it's a collaboration it's a collaboration of people who aren't recording music in the same geography geography um so it's it kind of funny to think that they would nail their stuff to each other now they would just email say, it, right yeah you know and i think i actually think the reason was back then the, the files literally were too big. Yeah. That's why they couldn't do it. Whereas now, you know. You put it on, uh, you know, a, a Dropbox or whatever. Or you, I mean, you could probably even email it, right? So it wouldn't crash the servers like like back then. But yeah, like back then. Um, back in the day. <laughs> I probably gravitated a little bit more to, um, to the District Sleeps Alone um, yeah. on that album when it... Uh, it's a really good album that's you know worth repeating like this is you know the signature song from it but i actually listened to the whole album today for the first time in a while and and top to bottom it's top notch it's it's a signature song but again back then you know what did signature really mean other than in the signature you know, it was in a huge commercial <laughs> you know? no, right it was either in a commercial or it got you know ranked higher on a on a list but it's not like you heard it commercially right it wasn't right. um so it was an album they, they were all album tracks because there was no it wasn't popular music really um but it it sort of did you know over time it's 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 had staying power as a as a classic song right it, and it's and it'll be a classic song in you know in another 20 years for sure um it's a little similar to like 1901 right from phoenix which which was another classic synth pop song that became huge because of a commercial. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, it's a little, I mean, I, I, 1901 was a little bit more commercially success, like, you know, radio friendly um, than Great Heights because it just fit, it fits, you know, alternative or rock or pop radio a little bit better than it did, yeah, Great Heights. got more airplay, yeah. I than, than Great Heights. Um, I'm going to go slow dive here. I, I do think that it's just a little bit uh, more of an epic song. Uh, it's it, you know, again, I I'm with Larry where you know um, shoegaze, like when shoegaze is done right, man, it's 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 great. And slow dive was great in the '90s, um, you know, and they came back, and this is a killer you know, a killer track. Um, you know, I'm not sure how much legs it has 
past this round, but um, it's a great it's a great song, and um, I'm gonna put it put it forward here in this matchup. I'm okay with that. I mean, like you know, I do love I do love such great heights, but I also love my shoegaze and I love slow dive. So this was this was the toughest out of the four for me today. This was the toughest one. So yeah, I think this was the best matchup, uh, and I'm. I'm mildly and pleasantly surprised, but uh, my song certainly warrants. Pleasantly surprised, you were like fist pumping over there. <laughs> All right, I'm mildly but very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Right, I just, I just kicked, I, for Scott, I just kicked a 66 yard field goal. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so you're not the Tom Brady of this. You're the Justin Tucker of this. Uh, well, I'm saying to Scott, uh, but they're I, different, you know, different to me. Those. Depends on the you know. Justin's Tucker's a goat, Brady's a goat. So, and so oh, it, I, I meant it in a way where there was a, they needed they needed to kick a sixty-six yard field goal. Yeah, yeah I got and they you. sent it. They sent in Tom Brady to do it. <laughs> that, right. that would be that would be quite impressive. Yeah, <laughs> one, the one thing he hasn't done. All right, so uh, this was a good episode. Some good matchups. Uh, just to recap. We had the number two overall seed, Drunk Drivers Killer Whales by Car Seat Headrest, beat the number 34 seed, Chop Suey by System of a Down. Wake up! And then, and then we had the number 18 seed, uh, Seasons by Future Islands, beat the number 15 seed, Human Sadness by The Voids. And again, you must check out uh, that live clip from Letterman on YouTube. And then we had the number seven seed Midnight City by M83 unanimously beat the number 26 seed Roscoe by Midlake. And again, check out the Fallon performance of Midnight City. And uh, we had the number 23 seed Star Roving by Slow Dive in a minor upset beating the number 10 seed Such Great Heights by the Postal Service. So uh, again, I had a, a fun time talking tunes with you guys. Uh, have a good night, everybody. Night, everyone. Hasta.